Greetings and welcome to the Scouse's House World Cup Outrounds Spectacular. We are here at uh, beautiful Melwood Tavern, ready to discuss what has already transpired in the World Cup and what we expect to transpire over the final two weeks. Uh, I've got a crack staff assembled. I am your host, Evan Floyd, filling in for Kenny Allward, who is way too busy and important to be here. Uh, the, the Much like the field has been winnowed down, our field of panelists has also winnowed down. The cream of the crop is all that remains. Yeah. <laughs> we are here to uh, break down what we expect to occur over the final two weeks, uh, talk about what we've seen, and I think that uh, probably give some predictions, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if everybody's got the same concept for who will be there alive at the end to hoist that beautiful Golden World Cup. Let's introduce ourselves. Mr. Scouse, we'll go to you. Good evening. This is uh, Scouse. Um, I'm the uh, the president of Scouse's house. And, uh, you know, as uh, I don't mind saying, that the bracket that I had at the beginning of the World Cup doesn't look anything like this. <laughs> so... Um, if my predictions are anything to go by, then um, yeah, don't rely on me, okay? So uh, I'm going to hand over to my next guy sitting to my left. Uh, I'm Kevin Kernan, color analyst on uh, Louisville City Broadcast, host Soccer City. Um, I well, I I'm 13. I 13 of the 16. Um, That's not bad. Of the knockouts. Not bad. Very left. good. Uh, I missed a few. Of course, everybody probably missed Germany. So yep. I uh, take no shame in that. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm excited. Damn Germans, I swear to God. <laughs> Speaking of the Germans. Well, um, my name is Jonas Wolf uh, from uh, Germany, and uh, needless to say that, uh, of course, I'm disappointed in uh, my team, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> That's kind of it. All right. Well, <laughs> that I, I can understand, frankly, being a little disappointed. Yeah. I think that uh, the first thing we will discuss then, in honor of Jonas's dear home country, we'll talk about uh, the dearly departed. Uh, see if everybody's got a favorite team that they really enjoyed watching, a team that they thought uh, maybe played well, or if they didn't play well, maybe played entertaining soccer that you enjoyed seeing during the first, during the opening group stages. Uh, talk about who you liked to see and who you didn't. Kevin, you got anybody in particular? I miss Peru. They played yeah. a very exciting you know, kind of brand of soccer. They did. Uh, that they put it on show at the last game against Australia where they were already mathematically eliminated. But uh, I know a lot. Of, they won a lot of people's hearts. You know, it was their first World Cup in like 36 years or something like that. Um, they came out and they showed you know, that they deserve to be there. Um, they did. They had a couple of one, uh, one to nil you know, disappointing losses to Denmark and then the favorites, France. Um, but yeah, I'm sad that they're not. They haven't continued on. Uh, that's probably the one team I circle, other than Germany, of course. Which they just didn't show anything. No, they really, they didn't show us what we expected. And Jonas, I imagine that's the team that you'll lament. Uh, yes, uh, yes, it is. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I told Scouts too. I mean, if, if that's the way they play, they they wouldn't have deserved it anyway. Sure. And so they they just need a complete, uh, yeah, new new start. After the World Cup, they're just yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to continue. But do you, uh, do you expect Yergi Lowe to stay with the team? Um, I don't know if I expect him to, but I I, I wish he would stay. Yeah. Uh, because I believe that he's still the right man for the job. Uh, I think he probably needs to um, start with some younger players and get rid of some of the old 
uh, old players like Kadira and Urziel and Gomez, uh, I think those players uh, had the best times in the national team. And it's time for Asane and uh, some of the younger players as well, I think. But um, just speaking of the, the teams that, that I'm, I'm going to miss, besides Germany, uh, I did kind of root for uh, Iceland uh, sure. since the beginning, just because I, I think... Uh, I don't know, they're just a bunch of fighters, and I mean, they, they did okay. They, they didn't do uh, as well as I hoped them to be, uh, mm -hmm. to, but um, yeah, I kind of miss them just because I, I kind of like the underdogs. Um, yeah, I liked watching, I, I liked the story of Iceland. They're kind mm -hmm. of a tough team to watch. You're not going to get many goals. You're not going to get a lot of excitement out of them. But it's such a great story for such a small nation to uh, yeah. compete like that after the run they made at the Euros. It was, a, it was a lot of fun seeing them in it. Their fans are great. And the soccer is uh, generally effective, if not visually appealing. Scouts? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed um, that not one of the African nations mm -hmm. made it to the knockout stages because um, I thought that... Um, the Senegal team, they they were a breath of fresh air and uh, just watching them warm up. That was a lot of fun. And not to make me look, start sweating because uh, the way they warmed up and um, I thought that uh, between them and Nigeria with the pedigree they had on their teams that uh, at least um, we would have seen an African nation in, uh, in, the, in the knockout phases at least. I agree with you, especially with Senegal going out on such a tough set of tiebreakers tied down the line with uh, Japan I think it was uh, yes then uh, so they had the same number of points the same number of goals the same number of goals allowed they drew their match together they, they played to a draw and you get eliminated based on yellow cards and that's so much about your style of play and the yellow cards that's nothing and the whim of the referees yeah. as opposed to uh, you know whether or not your style of soccer deserved to be rewarded it's tough to see Senegal go out like that um, I thought, for me personally, I, I had Morocco doing well originally, and I still thought that they played an interesting brand of soccer. It was fun to watch them play, um, but I agree with Kevin that Peru was a, uh, a I saw the word swashbuckling right. used to describe them, and I thought that was accurate. They really came out and attacked. Uh, they played a fun brand of soccer that is it's, it's just nice to sit and watch. Uh -huh. It's a shame that they won't be going on, whereas you get stuck watching, you know, a couple of teams that have made it out that perhaps don't play a brand of soccer quite as appealing to the eye. But uh, all in all, I thought that it was a basically fair run. I thought that the better teams on the whole advanced and that we can expect to see, if not the best 16 teams, a fairly representative group of 16 teams. Although I think I read that the first time in the history of the World Cup that the final 16 has not included either Italy or Germany. First time yeah. ever. Well, this is the first time Germany has like, yeah. ever not gotten out of the group stage. <laughs> right. Yeah. But even when before they did group stages, right. the final 16 has always included one of those two teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's what's the first time since 1958 that Italy have not been in the World Cup finals, which is a, um, a shocking statistic in itself because they, they usually generally step up to the plate and do really well in a um, in the World Cup. But let's stop talking about losers. <laughs> These guys are losers. I'm sorry. I mean, they're all winners compared to the Americans who didn't even make the trip. Right. But losers nonetheless. So let's start talking about some teams that still have a chance yes. at glory. 
a chance to be the preeminent soccer nation for the next four years. First game on the list, Uruguay versus Portugal. Uruguay versus Portugal. Anybody have any initial thoughts? Um, I, be- I personally think this is going to be a really close match because I, I believe both of the, the squads are very evenly matched. Um, you know, the- Portugal's got the star player in uh, Ronaldo, and uh, Uruguay, you know, they, they have no slouches up front either with... Uh, with Suarez up front and um, Cavalio. Cavalio. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a, a pretty good uh, matchup all in all. No slouches up front, but also in defense, they're very Yeah, Uruguay well. has been ridiculously uh, stout on their back line. Yeah, they are one of the teams to have yet to concede a goal. Mm-hmm. They're the only team for the group stage after that, after Croatia let one in late in the group mm-hmm. stages. And, I, and I, heard they, I heard they lose Jimenez for, uh, or Jimenez, I'm Jimenez, sorry. Yeah, uh, lose Jimenez for uh, the at least the first game uh, in the round of 16. After that, though, I mean, the, the defense that they played, I thought suffocating, right. really. Exactly. Uh, it'll be tough for Portugal to get anything going. And really, Portugal has had one thing working really well, and after that, not much. It, it's a good thing in Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, well, they also had that Travella from uh, Charisma. Well, yes, that's oh, uh, beautiful. It was. It was about as pretty as you've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eleven on the technical <laughs> difficult scale. I, I always like those, and Charisma is one of the best in the world at those kinds of goals with the outside of the boot. He is, uh, but only with the outside of the boot. Right. He, uh, if you can't get him on his right foot, he's not shooting. <laughs> Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting, especially coming from the left as he so often does, to see how often he shoots with the right is entertaining to say the least. I think it'll be a good game. I think it's a nice way to kick off the uh, the round of 16. I'm excited to see how it goes. I personally have Uruguay shutting them down and winning 2-0. Does anybody uh, care to differ? Um, I would like to see Uruguay win um, because, uh, you know, uh, I believe that they have, um, in the last few World Cups, have one of the um, gross underachievers. And I, I think this is possibly their time because I, um, um, I think they'll just edge it over Portugal. Okay. I, I picked Portugal just because, um, I, you know, on the day, you know, obviously at this point anybody could win. And I think Uruguay is, Uruguay is the better team. But, you know, I had to throw a couple of upsets in there, and this would be a little bit of an upset. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, we watched all the Champions League final. Really showed up there. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, with that, you know, caliber of a player, world beater like him, uh, you know, he can just sometimes overcome even the best of defenses. So I see, you know, Portugal snatching one here. All right. I also believe that Portugal will take this one. Uh, I think it will be a tight game. It might even go into extra time or even penalties. Uh, but I think eventually uh, Portugal will, will do it. And referring to the Euro Cup. Where they they won they the did. Euro Cup uh, by never winning a match over 90 minutes. <laughs> so they I don't know I believe they they'll probably tie over the 90 minutes and then they'll they'll make it through somehow. Okay, so we're split evenly here. We needed to bring in a, a fifth person <laughs> here to break some ties. My wife is drinking at the bar. Maybe later I'll go and ask her to 
uh, name bracket. She'll she'll pick based on color, and frankly, I don't think it's close that uh, Uruguay's yeah. Uruguay's uh, uniforms look much nicer. But Cristiano Ronaldo's better looking than uh, Edinson Cavani, so we'll see. It's just it's a toss up as far as she goes. All and right. for those people who are interested, um, if you uh, want to go watch that game, um, kicks off at 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon on the 28th. So um, that was the time and the date that that one will kick off. So it's actually the second game that will be second being game. played. Yeah. The first game that's going to kick off is, um, of course, France playing Argentina, and they kick off at 10 a.m. on Saturday also. And that one, if you had told people before the tournament started that you'd get a France versus Argentina game in the round of 16, I think people would have been really excited about that. Those are two sexy picks. Those are uh, two of perhaps the most individually talented teams that uh, exist in this tournament. Lionel Messi with an argument to be the greatest player going, and uh, France with a collection of attacking talent that is unrivaled in terms of the sheer number of threats. But neither of them super impressed in the uh, group stage. And this this game is perhaps less intriguing or less uh, heart-achingly wonderful than it would have been a week and a half it doesn't ago. Doesn't promise as much as it, it could have. Right. Um, I'm seeing that the way Argentina has played, lucky to advance in the first place, fortunate to make it out of the group stage. It took a goal from an unlikely source in the uh, 86th minute of their uh, final match for them to be able to advance. Uh, Rojo is not noted for his goal-scoring oh. acumen. I want to correct myself, too. The, um, the, the game will be actually on the 30th, Saturday the 30th. Saturday the 30th. Yeah, I made a... Understood. Because no games tomorrow. No games yeah, tomorrow. Thank uh, God. An entire, rest an entire day of no soccer. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> I guess I'll go to work or something. Oh, goodness. Yeah. If you, if you must. Yeah, unfortunately, That's, I must. For this game, it's interesting. Like like Evan said, neither of these teams have really you know shown up. Um, I think France could find themselves in a world of hurt if they don't you know turn it on, flip a switch. You know, uh, this team led by Didier Deschamps. Uh, he was a World Cup player. Uh, he uh, won in won in '98. On he Home did. Soil. He was uh, one of the players on I that team. I believe he was the captain, but he, you know, not a, a tremendously gifted player. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can like find it within his players to turn it on. I don't really know where they've gone wrong. Right. Um, well, it seems like the the tactics have been bizarre they've because been really negative. they can't decide. They haven't decided what kind of goal scoring team they want to be. And you can see that confusion when they get into the final third. I think that it's been bizarre. I am an Arsenal fan who is a longtime lover of Olivier Giroud, but he's he is basically a target in right. the middle. And you've got enough creative and interesting players with the ball at their feet in attack between Mbappe and Griezmann and uh, Dembele that I would not personally want to have a target striker just begging for crosses to come in like uh, Giroud who's gotten a lot of playing time in this World Cup. Uh, I'll be interested to see what lineup they run out and if that signals a change in tactics before they go into this Argentina game. Um, my prediction for this is, um, you know, and I think all of you guys know what my feelings are about uh, Argentina. I don't think they deserve to be there and I believe the French are going to walk that game. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side of the coin there. I think Argentina, you know, obviously, <coughs> you know, they struggle drawing against Minos, Iceland, and then getting kind of dismantled by Croatia in their second group game. It, it, they had it all to play for going into the last day, and I think especially the way they won it uh, so late on, they'll find that, you know, hey, you know, guys, we're here on a fluke, so maybe, you know, we just go out there and play our own game. And I think between, especially between that Argentina, Croatia, and the Nigeria game, uh, Sampaoli was really kind of, other uh, manager was really kind of just told to step aside, and I think the, the players are sort of running that team. Yeah. Uh, running that team now. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that bears itself out. This isn't a team that could drag itself to the finals, um, but I do think that they could, uh, coming off of that late win, they're going to have it in them. Uh, to, I think they will beat France just because it's as much on the French as the Argentinians. They haven't turned it on. I don't know if they'll be able to turn it on in one match setting. Yeah, I think perhaps also maybe more pressure on the French to, exactly. to advance than the Argentinians, who now the world is looking at them as lucky to advance, like Scouse says. And maybe they play a little more freely and uh, with a little less pressure on their shoulders. Jonas? Well, uh, I believe they're kind of in a similar situation uh, than like Germany, uh, because uh, Germany and Argentina, they were both in the finale last time, and uh, I don't think they have a lot of young blood in them either. Definitely not. A lot of, Especially without playing Dybala. Yeah, a lot of older players uh, from from last time, and I just, honestly, Argentina was one of my biggest disappointments uh, of the World Cup so far, so... I don't believe they, they'll make it past France. Uh, I think France can, yeah, can still knock them out. You think it is? You think it'll be France? Yes. Yeah. But I've, I've just got one question for the for the people who are listening to this who have never watched the World Cup before and uh, a total um, new to the to the game. So, um, can one of you please explain what will happen at the end of 90 minutes if the game's tied? Because these games are, um, you lose, you're out. So at the end of 90 minutes, if it's 1-1, one, one, what happens? It's a fair question because we've been, if you've just started watching the World Cup this year uh, and had never seen a World Cup game previously, then you would have noticed that these games can end in ties in the group stage and that many, many, many of them did, although not as many as often happens. But uh, Kevin, can you explain what the process right. is once a uh, game goes to ties now that it's winner goes home and our winner goes on and loser goes home? Yeah, so it's, it's single elimination. It's a turn, uh, turn, knockout tournament, as they say in soccer. And like, like Kevin said, in the knockout, it's, or excuse me, in the group stage, you can have draws and you, you get a point out of that or three points for a win. But here, it, it doesn't matter. There's no table or anything. The winner moves on and the loser goes home. And after 90 minutes, the two halves have been played. Uh, if they're if it's tied, then they play two 15-minute halves, and that's called extra time. That's it's overtime, if you like. Um, if it's in, it used to be there is golden goal where if it's sudden death, if somebody scored, then that's the end of the game. But that's not the way it is anymore. There's two 15-minute halves, and they just play till the conclusion. If they're still tied after that, they go to penalty kicks, which is, is a, not a lot of people like how that ends. It certainly uh, brings a lot of drama to fixtures. But uh, it, it's five kicks for each team. And it's really the best of five, if you like. And if they're tied after that, then it goes by a round-by-round basis. Uh, the first team to score an unanswered penalty wins, ultimately. Um, and so that's how it works uh, once you get to the knockout stages here. I think that's explained about as well as it possibly could have been. Uh, I will say that uh, I agree that penalty kicks is often not seen as the best 
way of measuring who was the better team. Right. I think that players don't like it coming down to the sort of arbitrary nature of uh, penalty kicks. But in terms of television watching and drama, for there's not there's nothing that puts you on the edge of your seats more. Uh, so fans tend to like them significantly more than players, and the more hardcore of a fan you are, the less you like them. Is especially what I if generally you're find. One of these teams sure. The and especially if you feel like your team is the better team. Yeah, the specter you, of penalties can invite a lot of negative tactics, especially in that time. It can. Jonas, Germany has had historically a lot of good fortune in uh, penalty kicks, especially against Scouse's native England. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you think that uh, penalty kicks is a good way to end a game or an um, unfortunate way? Well, um... I mean, what, what else are you going to do? I mean, are you going <laughs> to give them another... And I think part of, part of the reason why they went to penalty kicks over the, the golden goal is if you go to golden goal, you could be playing for another, yeah. another hour. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, these teams, they don't want to get their star players injured. Especially if it's in, you know, the round of 16. Yeah. Another game and, sure. um, you know, you can ask any of the players out there on the, the Global City squad right now. What is it like playing in temperatures 90 degrees plus? That's a perfectly fair question. It's not fun. Uh, hopefully we see as few games as possible go this route, mostly because uh, I'm not sure that I can tempt my wife's uh, indulgence for an additional half hour of play and then 20 minutes of penalty kicks for every game. So hopefully we see these games resolved in uh, regular time. I've got France going through on this game also, which makes it 3-1, to one, and we're all calling Kevin an idiot. Uh, so if Argentina does manage to pull this one out you first, wrong. You no, wrong. if Argentina does manage to pull this one out first, Kevin will be able to tell us to eat crow, and second, <laughs> you would have the the potential of the perhaps the most tantalizing matchup of, of all, which would be a uh, matchup between Messi and Ronaldo in the in the quarterfinals of Portugal and Argentina, which would be. Interesting that to one's say the for least. All the yeah, that one uh, it would maybe help settle that debate, but um, it never will be settled as far as the fans of those two players are concerned. All right, so we move down the bracket, and that brings us to North America's only real hope, which is Mexico playing against Brazil in uh, another round of 16 matchup that, frankly, I think a lot of people would have signed up to watch before the season started. Okay, yeah, um, this game is, uh, it's got it's a local rivalry uh, written all over, Brazil playing Mexico. Um, this game is going to be played on Monday at uh, 10 a.m. Um, if those of you are interested to watch the game. Um, but uh, I just can't see Mexico getting across Brazil. And uh, Mexico got that little... Um, that little monkey on the back where they've never managed to get past the fifth round of um, a World Cup. So, the fifth uh, match, or the fourth match. Yep. So, this is going to be a tough game for them. Absolutely. I, I like Brazil uh, for, for, this, for that, plus a couple more reasons. You know, you have world-beating players in almost every position, um, especially, uh, well, you got Marcelo in the back, who, who really locks down Chago Silva. Uh, Neymar, Coutinho up top. Um, right through the midfield as well. Like I said, well-being players at every position. And then if somebody gets injured on the Brazil side, look who they got on the bench. Bobby Firmino. Yeah, you know they they they've got a uh, they got world-class players right on the bench too. So um, I think it's going to be a tough ask for Mexico to get past Brazil. Absolutely, Jonas. 
Uh, I I agree. Although I I believe that Mexico did uh, did pretty well in the group stages, uh, beating uh, Germany there and uh, uh, against South Korea. Although when they lost against Sweden, uh, that was what a three. It did get handled you know, pretty yeah. mercilessly by Sweden. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, they'll feel lucky to be here as well. I, I believe Mexico can can hold um, hold their own against the big team, but. Eventually, I, I believe Brazil will make it as well. Yeah, I think talent outs on this one. Yeah. Uh, Mexico are great fighters, and I think that they'll ri- ride. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see, again, if they had the crowd support behind them throughout this game. Their underdogs and the Mexican supporters travel really well. So I imagine the crowd may, be, uh, may tilt pro-Mexico, but I don't think it'll be as dramatic as it was in their group stage matches, and I think that, honestly, that helped them play uh, above their heads in some of those matches. I also think that in the end, you've just got better players at every position on the field. There is, I'm not sure that a, that one of the Mexican players would start over one of the uh, Brazilian players at all, position, yeah. uh, at any position on the field. Uh, I have really liked the way Acho has been playing uh, in net, although, again, just gave up three goals against Sweden. So it's, it's one of those things where... I, I don't feel like Mexico's really got the guns for it. I wouldn't be surprised to see them be able to push this into extra time, maybe, or uh, require a late goal from uh, Brazil to take the win, but I do expect Brazil to go on. I think yeah. we're unanimous on this one for the first time. And, you know, there's psychological um, aspect to it, too. You know, Mexico's last game, they got hammered by Sweden. They that, did. You know, um, are you going to be able to get over that in the next uh, round? And, and I can't see it. It bears mentioning, but we've said they got hammered by Sweden, and if... You know, in retrospect, you know, obviously Germany that got handled themselves by South Korea. But if South Korea doesn't win that match, Mexico could very well be out. And for a, they were on top of the table going into the last match day. And if Germany had picked up any points, or actually it would have taken a win from Germany, but uh, they could have been out of the knockout stages on six points, which they're lucky uh, that South Korea did show up and Germany, the wheels kind of fell off Germany's wagon there. And uh, but it, it, they're very lucky, in a way, to be in this position. They are. I mean, we, we've got Paul Jones over. He's swamming right now. <laughs> and, then, well, and also, Mexico's got to be disappointed going in with six points into the final match not to have won their group. Yeah. Partially because it's always nice to, you know, come away with points in your final match, but also partially because you go from, say what you will about Switzerland, and I believe that Kevin is going to be pro-Switzerland here in a minute, but say what you will about Switzerland, uh, you're going to, I think that if you gave somebody the choice of would you rather play Brazil or Switzerland, you would have chosen Switzerland, and if they had managed to pull even a draw in their match, they would have seen perhaps a more favorable draw through the tournament rather than playing Brazil and then likely Belgium. So Mexico's got to be a little downtrodden about uh, letting that group slip away from them there in the end. All right, so we're unanimous on that one that it will likely be Brazil who comes out. And uh, that brings us to the final match of that particular uh, half of the draw, which is uh, Belgium versus Japan. Uh, I think in this game, Japan are just way over their heads because Belgium, they've got depth in their squad um, all the way down to the bench and most of this squad, they, they play in the Premiership and I don't think that uh, it's going to be a fair matchup between Belgium and Japan. Belgium is one of those teams uh, that we knew coming into the tournament, you know, they've got talent everywhere on the pitch, uh, much like uh, Brazil and Spain, other teams like that that we've, that we've talked about. And playing in the Premiership, we know the, the quality that they are, seeing them week in and week out. 
and they're the only team really coming in, you know, one of these, you know, favorites that have played as well as, you know, we expected them to. Yeah. Um, Brazil, you know, obviously, you know, uh, dropped points against uh, Switzerland, um, England. England has played played very well, of course. Uh, Belgium beat England in the final match. A very tepid performance, I think, by either side. No, nobody was real happy to win that one. Everybody wanted to walk away healthy. I think exactly. that was the real key. It was, it was everybody heavily, wanted to walk out healthy. It was a heavily yeah. rotated uh, match um, in, in Belgium. Wanted they got the, you know perhaps the easier draw in their immediate match, but on the harder side of the bracket. So um, I, that being said. Uh, I love Belgium, not in this one, but to make a very deep run indeed. Uh, I think they're they're firing on all cylinders, and I think they're, they're looking very good. That's uh, by the way, it's 2 p.m. on Monday that fixture. Yeah, I believe this one's going to be a fairly uh, clear result. I I don't expect it to go over uh, past 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, I believe Belgium will will take this one. By the way, Japan benefiting on that. Uh, fair play uh, sort of rule, you know, the seventh tiebreaker to make it out against Senegal. Um, they did not put in a very strong performance in the last group match, so they're... So what was it, one, one yellow card? It was two different? yellow cards. Two yellow cards Senegal at difference. six, Japan was on four. Uh, yeah. So it was two and that ultimately made that's, that. That's the, the, the one... Uh, the finest of margins. The one margin, the difference between two teams that was the result of one team going to the, to the knockout phase and one... Going home team going home I, I think uh, somewhere down the line FIFA have got to do a better job than that I think they need to decide it on fan votes there it is <laughs> really get people involved uh, I uh, or goal celebrations yeah I, I'm I'm tempted to try to talk up Japan after the three of you have all sort of written them off here for this match but I just I just can't I don't see anywhere they have an advantage on the pitch I think that Belgium's looked in form like Kevin said perhaps performing the best of all of the real uh, original favorites to, to come in and uh, play well. Well, you know, having said that, having said that, if I would have told you guys around this table today that um, Iceland and um, Panama would be in the World Cup instead of the United States four years ago, you'd have laughed me out of this. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that there will be an upset in a game of this type where there is a probably definitive favorite. Oh, don't worry, it's coming. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't envision I don't it being I, I don't, in this one. I don't envision it being in this game. I don't either. I think that uh, Belgium, the, the quality that they run across the top, Lukaku's clearly in form. They've gotten some great play out of Dries Mertens. Is I've, Lukaku leading the Golden Boot race? Uh, currently, yes. Lukaku's on five, five and then uh, Ronaldo and Kane are both on four. Right. So, uh, well, actually... And own goal is leading seven. And own goal will probably take the golden boot, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to find out if anybody uh, steps up with a crazy goal scoring performance. <laughs> but That's a record, by the way. I've, yeah, I've got I've got Belgium moving on here. I think, uh, uh, frankly, Den Hazard has played amazingly well, and uh, because he's not scored the way that Mertens and Lukaku have, he's not getting quite the pub. But he's been really strong on the ball he's been creative he's been playing uh, the way Chelsea always expects him to play uh, I've been impressed with Hazard and I, I think that this is gonna go Belgium and again probably pretty comfortably but Japan is a solid technically sound team and the and one thing I'll tell you about Japan they today, shouldn't beat themselves goalkeeper he played out of his skin today <laughs> he really did and um, I was really impressed by the Japanese goalkeeper today and that's one thing that you can't take for granted is the concept of a hot keeper 
one really, you know, standing on his head goalkeeper and uh, a team that you don't see going through can go through if that guy has a great day, saves two or three goals that otherwise should have gone in and suddenly you're looking at a game that goes to extra time, that goes into PKs and that keeper stays hot, gets a couple of saves, suddenly you're moving on. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to, but I can't. I can't. I've got, I've got Belgium winning probably by multiple goals. That's probably, that's probably the most yeah. lopsided fixture, I would say, of the knockout yeah. rounds. All right, so that brings us down to uh, the, the other side of the bracket where in the, the original matchups uh, we'll talk first about Spain versus hosts Russia. Spain. Kevin, do you have uh, any initial thoughts about, I mean, Russia – by numbers, was as impressive as anybody in the first uh, in num- the group stage. By numbers, exactly, and they were certainly benefiting. I don't think a lot was really mentioned about, uh, at least in our in our last uh, preview show of the group stage, about the order in which you play your group stage matches. Really makes a very absolutely. Difference. Um, and they got Saudi Arabia and Egypt. You know, two of the week the week well, two of the teams that failed to advance. Yeah. Um, out of their group A, and they got them in that order, and they really put up some uh, some crooked numbers on both of those teams. Um, before getting kind of handled by Uruguay in their final match, uh, they were absolutely the second best team there, second best team in the group. Um, and I think, yeah, like Evan said, in numbers, they looked pretty good. You would, you know, just uh, given it the eye test, but I think um, they're not, you know, as strong as, you know, the people have been surprised in seeing, especially when you look at who they're playing in Spain, one of the World Cup favorites. Um, I think that uh, Spain's going to walk through this. And actually, I see in this picture right here, this is where the upset's going to happen. Wow. Because Russia are playing on home turf in okay. front of their own fans. And Vladimir Putin. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he may nuke you if you're, if you're not careful. But I, this is where I see the upset going to be. Okay. Is, so you uh, think that maybe lacking the uh, their original coach is going to come back to hurt Spain here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and uh I, I'm not. I wouldn't be stunned by that, but I really do think that Russia got propped up in that first round. Like Kevin said, not only by playing the the two weaker sides first and second in that uh, in their games, but also having those two teams to play at all. I think that uh, you you're gonna look better the weaker the teams that you are that you play. I think England benefited from something similar here, as did Belgium in that the the two other games in their group stage perhaps gave us a uh, inflated sense of how well they were playing but uh, Saudi Arabia and Egypt did not put up much of a fight against either uh, Russia or Uruguay and I think that uh, Russia is maybe a paper tiger here that played really well looked really good against inferior opponents they're facing a Spain side that is uh, perhaps the opposite of that where Minus a Herculean effort from Cristiano Ronaldo, I think that they were one of the more impressive teams in the group stage. That the way they scored against Portugal, and then you could see how difficult it was for everybody else to score against Portugal. I think that maybe Spain uh, is a little under the radar here just because one of the greatest players in the history of the sport hung a hat trick on him. And sometimes that's going to happen. Jonas, what did you think? Well, um, I believe that that Russia, you know, when it came time to prove themselves against a good team like Uruguay, I mean, they, they lost and they didn't really do well at all. I mean, I, I believe Spain's just going to take it. I don't think, I don't think it, I mean, you can never say it's not going to be hard because 
definitely going to be hard, but I think Spain Spain will make it. I've got Spain winning yeah. pretty comfortably also. Yeah. I've got them winning like 3-1, but I won't be at all surprised if Russia scores in like the first eight minutes and, and everybody everybody loses their mind, right. and then Spain just breaks them down for the rest of the game. Well, although, I mean, look at the last group match game against Morocco. Yeah. They, I mean, Spain, you all know they're a very organized side, very strong defensive midfield. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was a fluky first goal, like the first 15 minutes where they just kind of turned it over. Uh, and I believe, I didn't watch that whole game, but I believe the second goal that he conceded was similar in, in nature to that. Yeah. Um, and it only took, you know, a, a winner in the, or excuse me, an equalizer in the first minute of added time in the second half to get a draw to that one. So that ultimately didn't really make a difference in the way. But I think, you know, it's Spain are susceptible perhaps, but I don't think that they dropped their guard against Russia. And I've been kind of calming back and, and thinking about hosts of kind of Russia's caliber uh, in the World Cup. You know, there's Korea in 2002 that kind of made that run to the semifinals. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are, you know, tangents you can draw in history about hosts who perhaps aren't the strongest footballing nation coming coming through and riding that home wave. Um, like and, England? Yeah. yeah uh, that's in modern yeah. World Cup. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but, um, I'm trying to say it's been a while since England won the World Cup. I mean, was it 66? <laughs> yep. So it's, it's, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a hot minute. Yeah, uh, the year after I was born. Right? <laughs> so it's not impossible, you know. Of course, there sure. were other factors in play against Korea, but I, I don't see it being Spain. Long and short of it. So everybody's got Spain. Right. No. No. I'm oh, sorry. I right. forgot. I forgot. I that, Russia. Uh, Come on now. Does in fact have his upset special coming out well, of that you know, game? Well, no. There, were, like I said, there are other factors in play. Perhaps some match fixing Korea. Uh, there's perhaps <laughs> sure. Going on. Sure. All right, so uh, we've got three for Spain and one for Russia, which is, like I say, my also my prediction for the final score. And that'll be uh, taking place on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So plenty yeah. of soccer to watch this weekend, everybody. Yeah. Saturday, Nothing Sunday. Nothing quite like Sunday morning waking up and you've got football on the telly. I think um, somebody paid you to... Uh, to uh, vote for Russia here. <laughs> Scouse is the, fir- is the uh, first of the many, many, many people who have been bribed by this Russian uh, federation <laughs> regarding this World Cup. Vladimir, uh, my uh, bank account number is... Uh... <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, other than uh, Comrade Scouse, we imagine everybody is sort of predicting Spain will be moving on. The next match is... Maybe my favorite of the round of 16. I'm really excited to watch this game because I liked what I saw from Denmark. This is a must-see match. Yeah, I liked what I saw from Denmark, but uh, goodness, I thought that Croatia, to me, was the most impressive team of the uh, group stages. I'm excited to watch Croatia play, and uh, I think Croatia-Denmark is going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. um, Ultimately, um, I cannot see Denmark getting over Croatia because, for me, Croatia, they were organized and... They knew what they were doing, and I, I can't see Denmark getting past them. But again, you know, it, it, it's one of those games that I'm going to watch this game. Oh, for oh, sure. Absolutely. If you, if you call my phone at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I'm not answering it because I'll be watching this game. You'll be a little busy, huh? I think this this match smacks up. Uh, I think it's going to be a game that's going to be played a lot in the midfield. I think both these teams are built similarly. I think Croatia ultimately has a little bit more talent, but uh, Denmark has put in a couple of not super exciting performances. I think we can all agree that France game 
that goalless draw where they just both had to to draw to kind of full yep. serve and get through. It was probably the most boring match of the tournament. I agree. Stages. With uh, with Belgium England coming in second. Yeah, but, yeah. very very close, very close second. Um, at least there was a goal in that one. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think you know they beat Peru when perhaps they shouldn't have. Um, the only yeah. exciting part I remember about watching that match was the announcing. <laughs> uh, the uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was no. There. But that gentleman is a uh, he's a treat. Absolutely. He's a treat of the announced teams. I've liked that team the best, Definitely. and they gave them the uh, they gave them the uh, the match today that had no bearing whatsoever on the outcome of the tournament. The two teams that had already been relegated playing against each other. Uh, was oh, Panama and Tunisia? Right. He got to call that game. Oh, today. nice. That's I mean, well, with that added a little excitement. Course. Yeah, exactly. So. Although. Nobody was exciting about watching either of these two games today. Games today, but and then uh, one-one draw against Australia, uh, another you know kind of gritty performance. And I think when you look at this uh, Danish team, it's you know it's it's like other teams like the Swedes. Not a whole lot of names. Of course, there's Christian Eriksen, yeah, uh, Yusuf Poulsen uh, from Leipzig uh, uh, playing up top. But I think it's more of how they play, not who they are. You know, they're very organized. It's going to be tough breakdown. Right. No prima donnas on the Only team. The play exactly. as a team. They've as only a conceded unit. once yes. in the group stage, so yeah. they don't score a whole lot. I think Croatia ultimately has the talent. You know, they have a more talented to break through. Yeah, I, I, I said. Attackers. I said in the uh, in the group stage podcast that I really felt like Croatia has perhaps the most complete Absolutely. midfield Absolutely. of any team in the cup. I, I feel like I was vindicated, but with that belief during the group stages. And I'm I'm excited to see what uh, Modric and Rakitic can continue doing doing yeah. going forward. I agree. I expect them to break Sweden down. I'm sorry, Denmark down, and uh, come away with probably like a one nil victory here. I think Denmark's to tough to yeah. score against, but I think that Croatia has got that one moment of brilliance in them that the Denmark factor, probably yeah. does not. And so I've got uh, I've got Croatia going on here because I think Croatia Absolutely is about as on form as a team can be right now. Absolutely, yeah. and, I, and I think you can see that in everyone's uh, um, bracket right now because I think everyone's got Croatia going through on that match. I know yeah. Jonas, we're both riding Croatia on our way in. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I'm I'm excited for that game as well, just because I I don't think uh, Denmark is just gonna stand uh, in, in the back and. Uh, Trying to avoid a goal, um, I, I think they'll, they'll. You think they'll, they'll push forward to, a little? I think so. I think so. Um, so, but overall, Croatia, like like you all already said, Croatia should take this one too. So, I think um, it was Denmark yeah. Peru in the group stage, wasn't it? And Denmark Peru, I think, was maybe the most entertaining match I watched the entirety of. I thought that it was two styles that lent themselves well to entertainment because. Peru did give themselves a lot of chances to score by the way they pushed forward, and Denmark held strong. It was really impressive watching them weather the Peruvian storm and uh, then finally got forward to get their goals. I thought it was a great game. Uh, I liked the way Denmark played, and if they weren't playing Croatia, I'd give them a really good chance to move on against another team, but I do feel like Croatia is maybe amongst the strongest teams remaining. So everybody riding Croatia into the next round. And that brings us to the penultimate uh, game of the of the <laughs> round of 16, which is perhaps the least sexy of all of the games remaining, and that would be two. I don't know. Did you see Shakiri take his shirt off? I did. That that was <laughs> uh, depending on what your definition of sexy is. That one covered it. But uh, so we've got Sweden versus Switzerland in this game. Uh, Scouse wins that one being played. 
that one is going to be played on Tuesday at 10 a.m. in the morning. So a long time from now. A long time from now, a long time for both of these teams and their squads to uh, rest up and train for the game. Um, so um, they should be both be prepping for this game uh, well in advance. But uh, again, this is uh, another game that um, it, it, it's a must-see game because the, the Sweden and Switzerland are both, in my opinion, evenly matched. Um, and I've just got Sweden edging this one. I really do. Because uh, even when uh, Sweden have played England, they've been a hard nut to crack. And um, I think Germany have found that out too. They're a hard nut to crack. I, I think Sweden's defense is, generally speaking, extremely solid. And I don't think that Switzerland really has the brilliance to break them down. I, I expect this to be a, a close game. I expect that you're right that these are similarly matched teams. I've got Sweden going through on all-around solidity, where I think that there there aren't a lot of holes in Sweden's team. There aren't a lot of uh, brilliant bright spots either, but there are there there's they're solid from top to bottom. I expect them to continue to play that way, and I think that Sweden advances. Jonas, I mean the way that uh, Sweden really crushed uh, Mexico, you know. Uh, I think I think that they'll win. Although I don't think they they're particularly is a favorite in this match because yeah. honestly, Switzerland can have a great day and they might take it. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of going off by uh, you know if if this is more if, of a gut feeling than anything yeah, else. Yeah, it's, it's more like hey, if if you already kicked uh, Germany out, then you better <laughs> better make it make it somewhere. No. Um, <laughs> If you're the team that eliminates my team, I want you to do well. Yeah. Well, no, but overall, I think they'll they'll do well enough to uh, to win. Although Switzerland, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, that might be a fun one to watch too. Um, Not a lot. Just of because you you can't really predict this one very well, I don't think. Not a lot of big names, not a lot of storylines that immediately jump out at you here, but I know that uh, Kevin's going to throw a wrench into our Sweden party. Absolutely. I, I, fair fair dues, I did not, fair warning, I did not watch the Mexico-Sweden game okay. because I was too busy watching Germany kind of fall to pieces. They were. Uh, but, I mean, I, the thing against Mexico is they like to, uh, to to get on the front foot, and I think they – you're – you all could certainly prove me wrong going on how the goals are, but I feel like that they are very easy to take advantage of um, if you're, you know, swift to counterattack against Mexico. Um, and I think both of these teams in Sweden and Switzerland are very well put together, solid, solid teams. And I think they're similar teams. Um, neither team really has a really a prolific goal getter up no. top. Uh, and I think Switzerland could perhaps just be a better version of Sweden. Okay. They all, most of these Swiss players, you know, play in the Bundesliga, a couple of domestic players, a few in uh, Italy. Um, I think, yeah, there's not a lot of huge names. I think uh, Jan Sommer is a very good goalkeeper in the back, although I am uh, a little partial to the Bundesliga myself. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Granit Xhaka is, is a perfectly good squad player at Arsenal. He's got a tractor beam for a, for a left foot. I've got, I've got contrary opinions about that but he let me down a couple of times in big moments i'm not i'm not prepared to talk about mr jaca right now and i I think brazil you know or excuse me switzerland against brazil in their opening uh group stage proved that um they're a smart team and i think it says as much about switzerland as it does about brazil is that they kind of diffused neymar they kind of took him out of the equation they did and if they can you know kind of look and 
there's not one uh, uh, Swedish player really um, that you're gonna look and kind of try and defuse. I think does Dolberg play for? No, is he? He's Danish. He's Danish. Uh, who, who's the Leipzig midfielder that plays for Switzerland? I would tell you that if I knew it off the top of my head, but unfortunately I do not. But um, I think if they can kind of identify Emil Forsberg, that's who it is. He's the one. He's the one guy really that is going to be kind of keeping it all together for the Swedes. He's proved that. But I think if Switzerland can kind of eliminate uh, him, I think that they could maybe uh, take this one. I think we've been looking. Everybody's been looking for kind of an upset, a surprise story. And I think the Swiss could be that surprise story to kind of make a run. They don't have a real goal getter. Um, although uh, Braylon Bolo from Schalke has been coming on and playing pretty well, um, I think uh, Steven Zuber is Zauber. He's uh, magical. Zauber, Zuber is Zauber. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, you've got Switzerland not only winning here, but you've actually got them making a run, which we'll get to in a minute. Run. Yeah, I think they're a well, well organized team, and uh, they have a premonition against England. I think they could certainly give the English a, a hard, hard time as well. Speaking of the English. The only one of us being represented in the out rounds in the round of 16 by their home nation is our dear friend Scouse, so we'll let you kick it off for what you think about the match between England and Colombia. Well, if you would have told me that um, by the end of the second game in the group phase that England would have already be qualified, I'd have called you a liar. Because... <laughs> Um, England, um, their track record in the past is they are the, the consummate um, underachievers. You know, they get out to the World Cup and, um, you know, I think somebody said a, um, a statistic um, at the beginning of the World Cup, if you had to go out right now and buy the England squad, it's probably the most expensive squad Oh, Belgium well, at the World Cup. I remember I did However, research. Let me look back. I went on transfer marked and looked on everybody's. Brazil, I, Belgium, Germany I would be my Brazil guess. Brazil was the most expensive. But let me go back and look at that. They um, routinely, even though that they, they, they have such a, a high dollar value to the mm -hmm. the, the squad, they um, always underachieve. And I am pleased as punch that England have got to this stage. And yeah, we lost against Belgium today, but. Um, for me, the, that match was a it was a nothing match, you know. It was a, a training match, and um, the uh, you know you said it earlier on, that, you know the goal for this match is don't get injured. Yeah. Just go out there, go through the motions, and you know, um, yeah, we we lost one nil, but who cares? You yeah. Know? Um, and I think it gave you the tougher round of sixteen match. I think Colombia is a superior team to Japan in yes. just about every way. But it also, if you were to get through Colombia, it makes England's run perhaps easier. You're not going to see the uh, you're not going to see uh, Brazil and then France and you know Belgium all in a row like you perhaps would have. Yeah, you know um, this side of the bracket is definitely uh, a little easier. And um, this game on uh, Tuesday, I'm sorry to tell you, boss, but uh, I'm leaving at 1:30 because the England game kicks off at 2 p.m on Tuesday afternoon. The final group stage, or the final round of 16 matchup. I think England, you know, as a squad, they're probably individually at least the most talented. That could be, you know, perhaps, you know, a little bit of the recency effect because we all watch them in the Premiership. Uh, but I think, you know, if they can't put it all together, which it, it looks like they have, and when you hear about the way that Southgate kind of runs the camp, it sounds like they are all, you know, you know pulling the same from the same hymn sheet, uh, pulling yeah. the same direction. Perhaps different from some England teams in the past exactly. that may have been more talented exactly. when you had the uh, midfields patrolled yeah. by Gerard and Lampard, and uh, 
it's, it's may not, maybe a little younger, not as much as much real star power as they've had in the past, but looks like a more cohesive unit. And Kane has handled having the armband very well, way better it's than I thought he would have. It's yeah. always going to be a lot of pressure on a the captain and b the you know the star striker for England. And when they're the same person, that you know multiplies the kind of pressure. He's handled it very well. By the way, I went back and I remember before the tournament started, I did research on who is the most expensive squads if you add up their transfer value worth. <laughs> at uh, at one point zero eight billion dollars, this in dollars. Uh, France was the most expensive. France. Uh, Spain was second at one point oh three. Uh, stepping below the billion threshold. Uh, third is Brazil at 981 million, and fourth is Germany at 883 million. Uh, England is fifth though at 874. Yeah. And by the way, the 31st and 32nd least ex or most expensive team, I should say. 30. Could you guys would take a guess? Panama. How much? How much do you think combined? I'm, I'm betting they're worth roughly my annual salary. No, oh um, I'm you very well here. All right. Well, I, I don't like to brag. No, I'm guessing that there's somewhere in the range of it's a 20-man roster. 23, 23 right? man roster. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with we're gonna say two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Not quite. They're they're worth eight point four million. Eight point four million. Uh, Saudi Arabia a close close behind that with eighteen million. So Oof. those are the yeah. most and least expensive teams if you want to go out and buy them as scouts. So. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Tottenham really brings that whole number down. Harry right. Kane's value is quite a bit more than what Tottenham's willing to pay him or sell him for. Uh, uh, Jonas, you have a uh, strong feelings. Maybe, maybe some thoughts about how Colombia played because yeah, we're, Columbia, we're naturally giving England a little more uh, talking points here. Yeah, I was actually um, excited that Colombia made it uh, through the group stages because that, that was one of the few things that I got right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but overall, I mean, they just lost their star player. It seems like uh, James Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. He is injured for good now, I guess. I don't it know it how long looks that way that it's an actual injury that's going to keep him out for at least one yeah. or two games. Yeah, so he'll I'm really disappointed he's not going to play against England. Yeah. Really oh, do you want to see their best yeah. teams? Scouse is, Scouse is smiling evilly <laughs> as he says that. Nobody ever wants anybody to be injured, but if they've got to be injured, it's better to be against your team than yes, somebody else's. Absolutely. But uh, I'm just saying that like, he was the, the main guy that carried them uh, the as far as... Uh, he did uh, the last World Cup, for example, you know, uh, but uh, without him, I mean, they're still a decent team, but not good enough to um, break through. Cordado's fun to watch play. Yeah. Uh, I think that Falcao finally scored the World Cup. Falcao, yeah, not only scoring, but finally getting to play yeah. is nice for him. <laughs> I think that uh, Colombia is a good team. Again, I feel like England is one of the five best remaining teams right now, which I wouldn't have I guessed agree. coming in. And uh, yeah, because, with you know, at this point, England have um, exceeded their expectations. Because you know, if you asked me before the World Cup, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have seen them coming out of the group stage. Really? You know, because um, they're, they're the consummate underachievers. Well, they at least don't. They, they normally go to the group stage and they yeah. ask promptly. Because usually they, the, you know, on the um, the final day of the, uh, the group stage, you're biting your nails, wondering are they going to get that one goal that takes them up, or are they? Uh, they going out. Speaking of final day of the group stage, I know we were all kind of licking our lips when we saw Belgium and England. They were drawn into the same group yep. and then seeing that they were playing. And it was going to be for all the marbles and ultimately it was for, you know, winning the group. But the way it, it was, you know, in the fixture list, it was at the very end. I would have loved to have seen them play in the first game of their group exactly. stage when they both yeah. would have run out there trying to get points, really. Come out, sent the temperature of that kind of group. It was unfortunate right. the way it fell. 
because these are two teams, you know, that is, you know, a last eight, yeah, last and four it, kind of matchup. Yeah, and, you know, they're, 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 to me, they're, you know, they were very evenly matched, and unfortunately today that uh, the Belgians, uh, um, not to take anything away from the goal, it was a really good goal, but they, they managed to score the goal and win it. Celebration. And, if, and if Tunisia and Panama had played in the first round, in the first match also, one of those teams probably comes away with three points, as it ended up happening with uh, Tunisia getting the two go- t- winning the 2-1 today. Yeah, they did. That would have made the final two games of that group significantly more interesting as everybody shook out where you were going to fall. It's unfortunate that we didn't get the premier Belgium versus England game, but you could theoretically still have it before the end of this tournament. Yep. And uh, so I think we all have England going through. I probably would have had Colombia giving them a much better fight with Rodriguez playing. But uh, with James unlikely to play, I don't think he's been officially ruled out, but uh, with James unlikely to play and unlikely to be fit even if he were to play, uh, I think England is, again, top to bottom. They've been impressive. They, they played well at all levels of the field. And unlike uh, Colombia today, England, they were able to rest most of their um, yeah. A-team. You know, and uh, Colombia, they, they didn't get to do that. No. So uh, the expectation then is to see England come out there which, for me, leaves me with the final eight of Uruguay, France, uh, Brazil, Belgium, Spain, Croatia, Sweden, and England. I think that there are a couple of uh, differences that we all have here. But uh, let's just talk briefly then about uh, games that we hope we're going to see. Maybe because we don't all have the exact same uh, final eights here, I don't want to try to go game by game when we might all have something different. But maybe a game that you see as a likelihood that you are excited about. Before we start talking about the final four, is there a game you're uh, salivating over in the uh, round of eight? I think we all see Brazil and Belgium meet Woo! in the last. Is game. that not the sexiest yeah. possible yes, matchup? For sure. And yeah. I mean, you don't really we don't really have to talk about it. We can already see that it's going to be a very uh, enterprising kind of match. Uh, uh, it's just, I mean, stylistically, it's exactly. fun. It's Personnel, it's star power, storylines, everything. It's got everything you would want. You would easy, you could have believed it if somebody had told you before the tournament started that that was a final. And uh, seeing that likely occur in the round of eight, man, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, well, almost equally as sexy, I would say, is Spain-Croatia, though. I agree. Uh, because uh, those are both some two great teams mm-hmm. that, uh, that are strong. They have a lot of strong individual players. Um, I think that... That's defined systems also that it will contrast with each other. I think that's going to be a great game. I, I guess Scouse is uh, looking forward to Spain, Russia. Uh, 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 Russia, Croatia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Russia, Croatia. Croatia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, that would be a uh, a good matchup. Uh-huh. I can see the fireworks <laughs> flying now. I, I imagine that it might begin a civil war of some kind. I'm not positive. And uh, just to um, um, pick on uh, Lance a little bit. I know he's not here tonight, but uh, to pick on Lance a bit, we are talking about the quarterfinals, right? Yes. What, what, what did he call them? Oh, I don't know. The Elite oh, Eight. Yeah. the Elite Eight. Yeah. Elite Eight. Now, these, are, these are the quarterfinals. He gave me some fire about that. Yeah, I heard that. That's why... Uh, Here in Kentucky, yeah. we call it the Elite Eight. I call it whatever I want to call it. You can call it the quarterfinals. You can call it the round of eight. You can call it the Elite Eight. All that matters is it's the final eight teams. And I think that we had five consensus games and then uh, a couple where we were split. I know. I think Brazil, Belgium, and Spain, Croatia are probably the uh, the Overriding the premier game, yeah. the premier games. I am expecting it to be Uruguay versus France, and I think that will be a fascinating game to watch. 
Uh, I'm, I'm particularly excited to see that because I think it'll be France just hammering away at Uruguay, and Uruguay with some of the best counterattacking talent in the game, uh, firing up the firing up the pitch against them. It's gonna, I, to me, if that game occurs, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. And there are people like Kevin who have the exact opposite. And that is maybe even a sexier matchup when you're Definitely. talking about Ronaldo versus Messi. Portugal and Argentina, that would promise a lot. Um, and, you know, it, it's more picking with my heart than it is with my head because I don't expect uh, both of these teams to make an appearance. I, I would not be surprised by either of these no. matchups. You know, of course, I explained why I think Argentina is kind of riding a little bit of momentum um, after really a, a very poor showing in the group stage. But I think, you know, if we see Portugal-Argentina, that's another match where we don't have to talk about it. We already know, yeah. you know who's going to be on the pitch, how exciting it could be. And when does that take place, Gals? Okay, we got the uh, the quarterfinals, and they will take place on the 6th and 7th of July. So is that two matches a day, then? Uh, yes. And uh, I think that that is a good indication, though, of the me having Uruguay and France and Kevin having Portugal and Argentina, that that is maybe the most volatile quarter of the of the round of 16, Definitely. where I don't think anybody would be stunned if any of those four teams no. were to emerge as the ultimate uh, winner from that section of the tournament. And also wouldn't be surprised by either of the, any of those four teams advancing to the second, to the second round. Absolutely. I know Jonas talked about how Portugal won the Euros um, without winning a single match in uh, in regulation over 90 minutes. Um, and also, I think we all remember how in the final against the host France, uh, Ronaldo went out very early in that one and they still uh, found a way to uh, to win that match. So, I mean, it's obviously this is, you know, two years on, um, but I think that, you know, this is not just a team of Cristiano Ronaldo. They do have a couple options that they could kind of fall back on. And I think that's where that might come to the fore in, in I think that uh, England have got to be pleased that it'll either be Switzerland or Sweden for them if they were to get through Colombia. But uh, if I, if historically, I were historically, Sweden have been uh, one of England's hoodoo sides. That uh, talking England, historically, you have to go way back. You know they've uh, kind of struggled against Sweden. And um, so and Kevin doesn't think it'll be Sweden. Kevin thinks it'll be Switzerland, and that they'll have Swiss. an even tougher time. I think it'll be the Swiss, and then and it's again. I, I said it when I picked them over Sweden, and I have picked them over England. Um, I, that being said, I, I would not be surprised if England uh, made you know an appearance in the last four, even you know uh, found found themselves in the final. But I do think Switzerland. If I'm gonna pick anybody to uh, make a sort of run, I think it would be the Swiss. Um, just because they're, they seem like a pretty dependable team, they have yet to post a clean sheet um, in, the, in the group stage. So it'll take some doing uh, to, to drag themselves into this fixture. Uh, but I think uh, I think they match well with the way England play. I think they could kind of repel uh, the English kind of attack. You know, Harry Kane um, is, is very is an X factor. He can make a difference in any in any kind of situation. Uh, but I think the Swiss, if I'm just gonna pick. If I'm going to pick somebody to make a run, I think the Swiss are as good as deep as any. They've seen very reliable. And uh, the the nature outside of here of Melwood Tavern, an enormous lumber truck tried to drown Kevin out because they couldn't believe he was about to pick Switzerland to make it into the into the uh, into the semifinals of this tournament. Uh, speaking of the semifinals, let's go around the table and say who we've got in our semifinals. Uh, uh, I I'm curious. 
because now is where it starts breaking down. I think we've been mostly chalk with one another up until this point, but I'm curious. Scouse, who's your final four? My final four, and um, just for um, uh, for everybody out there, that uh, the semifinals will be held on the uh, 10th and 11th, one game each day um, of uh, July. Um, the first semifinal, I, I've got actually between uh, France and Brazil. Um, and then uh, the second semi-final between England and Croatia. So I'm I'm very different from you, Scott. The only other team I have that is, is, uh, that you have as well as Croatia. Um, otherwise, like I said, I have Switzerland topping the English, uh, Portugal and Belgium. Um, I, I, the teams advancing from the other side. Um, so I think I think the Belgians are, are open to beat the Brazilians in the fixture. Jonas, uh, I I actually agree. I I believe Belgium will will win and then we'll have uh, France and Belgium and Croatia and England because okay. I, I believe that France uh, will will make it at, um, against Argentina and then beat Portugal so and then and see this is why we do it none of us have the same four here it doesn't sound like you don't have Croatia I have Uruguay making oh. it uh, past France and Portugal so I've got Uruguay playing Belgium in the uh, in the last four and I have got the same other half of the bracket as Scouse. I've got Croatia and England. So Uruguay. Well, that, that, I think we all three of us agree to Croatia and England. Croatia and England all on this side, as opposed to Switzerland, Croatia, in the uh, in the in the redhead on air uh, segment. Listen, I would not be surprised if the English made it. I'm just. I want to be clear. I'm picking the Swiss off of you know, but, you somebody's going to make a run. That, that, why that's, not that? that's why I've got Uruguay. If, if, okay, fair enough. If you look at this this bracket as a whole, there are no slouches on this bracket. No. What all we're doing right here is we're just guessing, in our opinion, who is going to end up in the final. Yeah. And who's going to win the whole thing? So, um, if my first bracket for the group stages edit to go by, yep, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, agreed. I think that uh, Kevin said he had 13 out of 16. I had 11 out of 16. I'm not thrilled with that performance. Um, but I also, in that first uh, bracket, I had Brazil as my eventual champion. Brazil's still in it. Brazil's still looking about like you would have expected. Sorry, it's a team uh, and yet, now, after watching the form, I'm, I've got horrendous recency bias. <laughs> and I will tell I'm you, because of the way they played purely the way they've been playing in the uh, group stages, I have got a final of Belgium versus Croatia, who I thought were the two most impressive teams in the group stage to me, and to me, therefore, will go forward to play in the final. Belgium and Croatia. I'm right there with you. Yep. The identical final. Belgium and Croatia from Kevin. Yep. Jonas. Croatia. That's oh my I goodness. Got Three Scouse. Belgium Scouse and Croatia. <laughs> oh man, I'm going with the home country. I'm going with England playing Brazil. England and Brazil. So you are the only uh, person who disagrees with us here. Correct. You yeah. have got England because and Brazil. Brazil have got a point to prove. Okay. You know, um, after what happened in the last uh, World Cup final against Germany, you you just want to beat Brazil seven one, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, in the first half. I can't even imagine in Brazil. Oh, wait, you don't get to do that. Yeah. But no, so three of us who are riding just the teams that looked to be on perhaps the best form in their opening round matches going with Belgium and Croatia. And then Scouse bucking the trends going with his hometown team, his home nation, 
God save the queen. God save the queen. He's got land of hope and glory and all that. Winning. And how do you have them faring in your final against Brazil? Oh, England's going to win it. Is there any question? England's going to win. England's going to win it. Now, did you have England winning it in your original bracket? Oh, hell no. <laughs> As the Germans got knocked out, I've had to go to a plan B. I had a Germany-Brazil final in my original. So. I'm pretty sure I had the Germans taking it all home again. Yeah. But uh, just to mention, if uh, either Croatia or Belgium would make it, uh, that would be the first time win for either one. It would be. It would be. So if Belgium and Croatia show up in the final, you know you'll have a first-time ever victor and of I the World Cup. I don't remember in any of the World Cups um, gone by um, how evenly matched most of the teams are in this bracket. Oh, yeah. I think you that... Know? Any final there eight, are no that you slouches can, on this page. I think any final eight you can really envision is gonna. It's gonna lead to some great games. We talked about the games that we were most excited to see if that if we got to that point. But I mean, I don't think anybody really expects Japan to move on, or uh, probably I don't think anybody really expects Denmark to go past Croatia. But other than that, find a team on this page yeah, where you where you don't feel like hey, if they get hot, they could get there. So this is this is an incredibly evenly matched field that we've got here, and I don't think, despite the fact that amazingly, independently, the three of us have the exact same final, I, I don't think that any of us will be surprised if this ends up being, you know, a, uh, uh, a France versus uh, Spain final. I don't think anybody's going to walk away going, what happened? Or if this were a Portugal versus uh, Sweden final. I don't think anybody would, well, people would be a little surprised if Sweden got there. But I think that there are, especially in the top half of this bracket, I don't think there are many teams that would shock if they made it. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these games over the next month. I think that we've only got like four or five days without matches, even once we get close to the end here. Uh, one of them is the most frustrating possible day to not have a game. The one day almost all of us have off to be able to watch no matter what. Fourth of July is one of the off days. So we'll all have a day where we're not stuck at work and yet no games. Well, wait till 2026, though I'm sure that's when the final will be. Uh, I, I, I'm sure they will try to arrange for that to be on the fourth of July, which would be fascinating. Hopefully, uh, the, by then, soccer will be the preeminent sport in the country, and everyone will have the day off for that. I'm going to be 30 years old in the tournament this year. So 30, yeah, got, that is oh, really upsetting to me. That oh. is really upsetting to me, Kevin. <laughs> First off, yeah, I, I guess i got to congratulate you all to, uh, to making it to the World Cup. 2026. Yeah, we have, uh, we've qualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Qualified. No, not, not officially. <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, is there, is there... Uh, See, well, the thing is, between three teams, though, or three countries, and other countries have posted it before, so they well, yet to determine but, who's but now going they, to. But now they're also stocking up the... Um, it will likely be expanded at that point, too, yeah. It, it's going to be 48 teams, teams which yeah. they've said there's going to be three team groups, which is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. I'm not, it's... That, that could be, we could talk another hour just about how that's going to work itself out. And I'm sure that in the next eight years we will find time to discuss it. We'll find it. that hour. Yeah. It's going to smack of Gijon 82 <laughs> all over again. Um, but I think a word just to be said about, I think the majority of us have an all-European last four, uh, apart from Scouse. Uruguay. Okay, yeah, well, that's that uh, very well. But a very European-heavy Yes, for sure. With ten European teams, you know, there's seven on one side. It's, yep. it's hard to pick, you know, against these teams that we see so often, you know, in the Champions League, the Bundesliga, the, the La Liga. Yeah, I have six of the final eight as Europeans. Yeah, so I think that's just 
is that you know for that for you guys is that kind of just a bit of a recency bias or is that are those the best teams left? I think that some of it is probably a horrendous uh, sense of you know Westernism, right? Yeah. Um, where we're so used to thinking of Europe's the, the best, right? That that's sort of ingrained in us, especially when we've got two Europeans sitting here with us, yeah. and that I mean, uh, the majority the of the soccer that we get if, to watch. If you look at um, the Brazil side and the Argentinian side and the, the um, Uruguay side. Most of the best players all play in Europe. It's true, and that's yeah, that's the what that's I was going to say is we're we're so used to watching Premiership, Bundesliga, Champions League, La Liga, and Champions League especially, and seeing and, and the like, best players. Like you so. mentioned earlier on, you know there are teams in there also, you know like Japan, and we got teams uh, like Colombia and Denmark and Sweden. Most of their their players don't play. In the Premiership, they don't play in the, the uh, first division of Spain and Italy. They they, they play in the lower leagues in the, in um, Sweden and Denmark and you know, and here they are. They they're competing at the top level of world football. And it's and exciting. And it's exciting. And they've got a real chance, as we've been saying, with the parity that we think really exists in this tournament right now. They've all got a legitimate chance of if you make one upset, get one lucky draw, get one lucky uh, call, or it could, it and could suddenly be, you're in the final, you're in the semifinals of you, the World you Cup. You make a stupid mistake, and you're going to get punished because you know there, there are no slouches on any of these teams. Agreed. If 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 maybe your best player, I don't know, were to kick someone between their legs and get and get sent yep. off, it would be easy to see that team uh, removed. So, uh, and then uh, I'm getting a note from the producer right now. I'm getting a note from the producer right now saying uh, another point that could easily. We have another half hour. We have as much time as we want. It's just a question of how much people want to listen. But uh, we have. If you're just tuning in. (laughs) For those of you who have decided to pick us up at the 45 minute mark or wherever we're at now. um, No, VAR, I think, is uh, it's it's a completely game-changing uh, concept for us in this tournament. It's it's already made the difference in several games. It's already been the determining factor in several games, and I won't doubt at all if one or two of these comes down to an important moment where the choice to go to VAR or not to go to VAR perhaps makes the difference in who wins and who goes home. So, what is VAR? Right, it's the Video Assistant Referee, and it can kind of be uh, compared to know going under the hood in NFL games instant replay exactly instant replay uh, going back there's only a handful of uh, things that they can actually go back and look at uh, the referee does Um, there's mistaken identity uh, reviewing a penalty things like that Um, uh, cards yeah stuff like that I I don't have handball handball uh, offside handling and and it's it's put it into some kind of context you know me, uh, I will never forget the 1986 World Cup, the hand of God. If VAR was in operation back then, that goal would never have stood. And um, possibly Argentina would Argentina would never have won the World Cup that year. Oh, you if guys the, would have lost on PKs anyway. But um, if they had VAR, that goal would never have stood. That's true. Okay. And the, um, the England-Germany match just a few years ago when the uh, the ball <laughs> was like Africa. five feet across the line it was disallowed because of um, uh, the, the, the referee deemed it not to cross the line. And, uh, well, that would have been uh, goal line technology. Which, goal line technology. Which has come along 
about six years ago at this point yeah, has right. been put into full was that implementation. In 2014? Did they they had it at 2014, yes. Yeah, and so it was 2010 uh, that, yeah. that that goal happened, and um, that's you know, probably was, a big, big thing in pushing it forward. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I just really, I want to mention real quick. So the Bundesliga, they've been using the VAR for very effectively. Bit. Yeah. And uh, but honestly, I think the way they've been using it here is better than. Oh, I agree. There. I totally because agree because I've been pleased if, with it. If you, if you look at the way that um, when they tried it out during um, some of the Premier League games and the FA Cup games over in England, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. You know, because um, you know what the way they did it over there and the game was delayed so much just because they didn't know what they Nobody were doing. Nobody knows what's it. going on. Right. Yeah. But the way they've um, well, they've used it in the Carabao Cup, right? I think that's the they used it in the Carabao Cup in England. Yeah. You know the um, the the league cup of them, you know, but it was over in England. It, it needed tweaking, and um, I think it's been used very well in Germany, yeah. mostly because the referee on the pitch. So for people who aren't indoctrinated, they have uh, the referee wears like a radio system that he talks to his assistant referees, but then he also talks to the video assistant referee. Which for the World Cup, they it's one place. It's in Moscow, uh, a remote that uh, they uh, monitor the, the all the feeds from games and then feed it. There's a TV right off the uh, off the pitch that the referee can go back and look at uh, if if he feels that there's a decision to be made. But in Germany, I like this is a facet that I do like about how the Bundesliga has been using it is that uh, the referee on the pitch relies almost solely on the uh, the video assistant referee that's you know remote and has all the feeds right in front of him, and he makes a call uh, right on the pitch without most of the times even going over and consulting the monitor. So I think that is a very interesting part. It, just to play devil's advocate, it's kind of hard to compare how VAR has been used in this World Cup because referees have had to change the way that they officiate matches fairly drastically. Um, a lot of no calls. A lot of no calls or a lot of calls being made where perhaps uh, they shouldn't have. I, I look uh, earlier, or was it was it uh, yesterday, Colombia against Senegal, it was earlier today, yeah. um, that uh, the Davidson-Sanchez tackle on um, Sadio Mane. Uh, it was immediately given. The penalty was immediately given when, even in real time, you know, watching it on television, it looked like it looked pretty clean. Sanchez got the ball, but yeah. the, the penalty was immediately given by the referee. They go back and consult VAR. There's nothing there because clean foul. he knew that if he doesn't make that call there, and it was a penalty, that he's going to be crucified for it. Exactly. And that he'd be able to go over to the monitor and clear it up, and all of a sudden, okay, it's just a you know. Uh, goal kick and it's moving on. The so. one thing that it does create, and if especially is the case if the referees don't call it because they can go back and retroactively award a penalty, they can stop playing, go back and look, look at the the monitors that you have these kind of stretches at some points after you know a call. Everybody's looking at the referee. Is he going to stop? Is he going to make a call? If he lets it go on and decides to go back and look retroactively at it, you have these moments in play where you don't exactly know what's going on. If you're live or not. I'm, I'm expecting that at some point, it probably won't happen this tournament, it may not happen for years, but at some point in the history of soccer, there will be a moment like this where everybody's looking at the referee after a, what, uh, after a perceived penalty, right. and the other team will then score a goal. And, and then they will, and then they will go back and do VAR then, and determine that there was a penalty, right, and the exactly. goal will be disallowed, and the other team will get a penalty kick, and it'll be a two-goal swing exactly over one penalty call. About. It will eventually happen. It will happen, and you know the referee. It's up to him if he, there is a like Evans had a perceived penalty. He has to stop the play and go look, and then you have a drop ball 
or anything like that so it could get a little murky at times I think it has been used pretty well it could have been you know there's things I know scouts you'll look at uh, I think it was England against Tunisia uh -huh. where Kane was taken down twice in a box they were glaring penalties there's not really a question about it and it was missed by the referee in real time yeah. the VAR can come onto that radio and talk to the center referee and say this hey, needs to be looked at at the very least. This yeah. is, or this is uh, probably a penalty. I have not yeah. looked at that. Yeah. And it's just, it was missed two times that match, and there's not really and, any. And right now, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I appreciate VAR is in its infancy right now, and I think going forward it is going to improve over the years. And it takes tournaments like that to, to work out the kinks and, you know, make it better. <laughs> and you, you know? just hope that it doesn't have a determining factor in a championship game or in a, who goes to the championship. And I think, I think you guys know, you know, my big thing about uh, soccer. You know when you go to a soccer game, it's 45 minutes each way. At the end of 90 minutes, you're going home. You know, and... and at, the end of I, 40, I, at the end of 90 minutes, Germany wins. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. Usually. Yeah. That has to be rewritten. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but... Um, you know that, that's a nice thing. You know, in the past, the referees having the time final, frame for it is nice. You know, so but uh, yeah. So it, hopefully, it, it, it's infancy. I really hope that it doesn't have played too big of a role in any of the knockout round games. Obviously, it's going to come up, and people will either love it or hate it or be indifferent towards it. But uh, the the now, the big hope is that it just doesn't decide a game, and that's what we're going to be hoping yeah. for. Now, talking about things that I hate. <laughs> okay, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Absolutely. We have, we have the um, the World Cup final. It's going to be on the 15th of July, and it's going to be... Between uh, Belgium and Croatia. Well, whomever. <laughs> but it is going to be at, uh, what, 16... That's 4 o'clock. That's 4 o'clock in Europe. So <laughs> over here, it's going to be 11 o'clock in the morning. Okay? So that's when the the, uh, the Cup final is going to be. On uh, Sunday. However... The 15th, yeah. This burns me. 4 o'clock, that's 10 o'clock here. Is it GMT no. or Central European that's, time? Uh, oh. That's uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Zulu time. Yeah, this is BBC. Yeah, so it's on on the BBC. You However, li you've lived in America for several decades, Scouse. You can the, go to American <laughs> websites for this sort of thing that has American times on it. Oh, I'm, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, <laughs> one thing that really burns me, why we have to have it, is beyond me, is the third place yeah. game. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's probably it's, it's probably it's antiquated at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's antiquated at this point that we still play this game, but it's one extra soccer game. I and mean, it's it's good for for those surprise teams that made it that far. That, sure, you know, something to take home. But but somebody that you know, like if Brazil loses this semifinal and then they have to uh, play Get another game for dominated by the they Netherlands. Just, they yeah. just yeah. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of it'll be it'll be nice for England to have another game yeah. to play. Is all I mean. Get some piece of silver. Right. Yeah. There you go. You can make third. Yeah, here's your third place cup. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I yeah, think I mean, that, that's also like in the championship. The playoff team gets a trophy, but the second place team doesn't. Yeah. I think that it's we're past the point where we need to have this. But if they it's play like it, I mean, it's a soccer game, and it'll be a soccer game between the two of the four best teams yeah, remaining. Yeah, be, uh, between uh, Croatia and uh, France. Croatia and France would be yeah. a game I would totally want to watch. Nice so I hope they run out you know, there and play. It's a nice cleanser the day before the final. Yeah, and that's at ten o'clock in the morning. All right, let's let's get down to the let's get down to the real business here then. Scouse, as the only one who has England versus Brazil, the only one who doesn't have Belgium versus Croatia. 
what's not only I know you've got England winning, but what's the what's the final score? England uh, two to one. Two to one. Who gets the game winner? Uh, game with Kane. Harry Kane. Yeah. Ashley Young. Captain Kane. <laughs> if I were watching that game, I think it would be John Stones getting another one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so now that we've got that clearly That's pointless out endeavor out of the way. England. <laughs> <laughs> I, frankly, I will be rooting for England in all the games they play, and Two I think that England-Croatia, yeah. I think that watching England and Croatia play would be a lot of fun. So I, I'm rooting for England. I will be uh, cheering them on for you, Scouse. But I don't think they get past Croatia. I think it's Croatia-Belgium. And uh, because I'm hosting this thing, I'm going to go last and have the last word. Kevin, who's going to win? Croatia versus Belgium. I say Belgium wins it. I think they just have more talent all the way across the field. It's going to be an exciting match, though, I suspect. Okay, and uh, you got a score prediction for us. 2-1, a winner in added time from Romelu Lukaku. From Lukaku to get it. Belgian scoring genius. I like it. All right, and now Mr. Jonas. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, agree. Um, actually, Belgium kind of was my underdog team before the World right. Cup. I, uh Massive underdogs. Yeah, yeah. People have different definition of that word. Yeah, I mean, frankly, well, they weren't in the top six betting teams. They were seventh. Really? So, yeah, seventh betting favorite. So I think that's an underdog. And, I mean, they've, they've never won a World Cup. Neither, neither has Croatia. But, sure. Um, I, I believe it's kind of that golden generation, you know. It is. The, I mean, just, both. Read, <laughs> just read out the, the names of the players. I mean, there's some amazing, amazing talent. I mean, with Hazard with uh, Lukaku with uh, De Bruyne, De Bruyne, Courtois. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. There and I mean, me, me being a Dortmund fan, you know, then Company. having somebody like uh, um, Batshuayi coming off the bench. Did you see a celebration so, today? And, Mertens, uh, where he kicked oh, yeah, the ball he, into he, the post. He, he has been face, yeah. he has been hilarious on Twitter <laughs> yeah. about it too. He's been very self-deprecating. Self it's been fun. It's great. But honestly, I think uh, Belgium, you know. Even the last two years, they've always had a great squad. Same as Croatia, really. But um, I think it's time for, for them. Now that Germany's out, you know, they might as well. Ha! So, understood. And, and honestly, it's the same uh, colors on the national flag. So It would be if you, <laughs> if you, squint, if you so, squint and turn your head, it would be like Germany won. Hey, so if, you're supporting, if you're supporting the Dortmund players, why don't you pick a kanji in Switzerland? There you go. It looked very good. This well, like I said, maybe... maybe uh, well, okay, this is how it's going to go down then. Uh, Belgium, <laughs> Belgium uh, will have Batshuayi coming on. It's going to be 1-1. Batshuayi will come on. We'll do a good the the um, Dortmund player currently, and he'll score the winning goal. There you go. Batshuayi gets the, gets the game winner. Belgium wins. I am going to go contrary. I've got Croatia winning the final. I think Croatia win the final 2-0. I think that uh, Mandzukic gets a goal. And I think that uh, another moment of individual brilliance from Modric, who to me has been the best player in this tournament thus far. I thought that he's controlled the midfield completely. I think that he has been accurate with his, with uh, both his service and his shots. I've got, I've got Croatia. <coughs> excuse me. I've got Croatia winning this game. Uh, I've got Croatia hoisting the cup. I think that it's going to be an exciting set of out rounds. Was that your uh, guess before the World Cup? Too, Brazil. 
I had okay. Brazil beating Germany I know in the original. Had Croatia so, going very far. I did have Croatia well, making it to the final the, four. Why don't you have Brazil going going at least to the finale now? As I say, I've got uh, it's recency Just bias purely. I've yeah. been so impressed with how Belgium has played that I think Belgium will knock Brazil out. And I've been really impressed with Uruguay, and I expect Belgium to beat them also. So I think Belgium and Croatia, the two hottest teams currently, and the two teams that impressed me the most, got to make it into the final. And uh, Croatia's got nicer uniforms, and uh, <laughs> that's so I've got uh, I've got Croatia taking it down. So now that we have established that Croatia will be winning the whole thing, oh. um, <laughs> I just did it on the side. Uh, oh, okay. Now that paper. Exactly. You want to kill us, right? <laughs> Can now, for now at, at the very minimum, we've established that Japan will not be winning the whole thing. Um, we, can, we can... Yeah, you can go ahead and chalk them off. Actually, so that now, means Japan now maybe the we, should, we should insert right here that if anybody bets a dollar on, on Japan, they, I'm sure they'd be rich if they, they win. So that, that's probably... If they bet a hundred dollars, <laughs> they'd probably be rich. A dollar would make them probably <laughs> like, you know, 80 bucks or whatever it would be. Um, I will say... Now let's go quickly for our final takes. Now that we've got who all the winners will be. Golden ball and golden boot. Golden ball goes to the player who played the best, right. was basically the most valuable player of the tournament, the most outstanding player of the tournament, however you want to define it, but as the best player of the tournament. And then the golden boot goes to the player who scored the most goals throughout the tournament. So. They don't necessarily have to be the same person. They frequently are, but not always. And uh, who do you see as the player of the tournament and the goal scorer of the tournament? Mr. Scouse. Golden boot. I've got to go with um, uh, Harry Kane. Okay. Yeah, he is currently uh, sitting he, in second. Yeah, because I think he's uh, he's on fire. If you've got um, them winning the tournament and they're, he's currently sitting in second, he's their striker, it makes sense. <laughs> The um, the outstanding player for um, the whole tournament, it's got to be Coutinho. You think it's going to be Coutinho? Okay, so since you've got Brazil making it to the final, that makes sense that Coutinho would have helped to lift them there. He definitely has been the more impressive to me of the Brazilian players between him and Neymar thus far in the tournament. I've thought that Coutinho's looked great, and uh, I'm not stunned that uh, someone affiliated with Liverpool was uh, your choice for the player of the tournament. Because we, we, we've all known, you know, at Liverpool, that's what a great player it is until they were stolen away from us but uh-huh. uh, you know I'm still gonna uh, support the guy all right my um Kevin who do you got I think why well, I have for what it's worth that Portugal coming in third and so, I think sure. Ronaldo finishes right behind own goal for most goals scored okay you uh, think he'll almost catch own goal he'll almost catch own goal we already had a record with seven that surpassed at 98 <coughs> but I think I think uh, Ronaldo does get the golden boot uh, golden ball, though, uh, I think can't go against Croatia. And like you said, Evan, uh, Luka Modric has been playing as well as anybody has. Um, and if they make the run to the final, Croatia, I think uh, Modric it doesn't normally go to a midfielder, though, does it? Not frequently, although it did go to Messi last, last it's uh, tournament. It's not as publicized. It's certainly not as, uh, it's not as coveted a trophy as a golden boot. But sure. I it only went to Messi because it was Messi. And he scored that, four goals, gonna... right, I think, in that tournament. Sure, and including three game winners, though. Of those uh, four right, goals, yeah, three of them won games for his team. All right, now, who do you have, Jonas? Uh, I got uh, Lukaku winning the um, um, Golden Boot. Okay, and, who's currently uh, leading in that race. And uh, I 
I also believe that Luka Modric will, uh, will be the most valuable player. I think that those are uh, pretty good guesses, seeing as how those are exactly what I was going to say also. Um, but now, since you have said it, I will change my vote. And uh, as, no, I won't. I just, <laughs> looking at my looking at my tournament bracket, I can't think of another uh, another outcome. I really do think that that's the way it'll turn out. Who do you have winning your golden boot? Lukaku winning okay. the golden boot and Modric winning the uh, golden ball. I picked Ronaldo, so we do have a little bit of difference. A little bit of difference here. Yes, uh, but Jonas and I are in lockstep. <laughs> but I do. Yeah, we're uh, picking probably the current betting favorites for those awards, I would imagine. Well, so, Germany were the betting favorites to win. They were just a week and a half ago, so I think that it's so it means it's going to be Japan and uh, let's see here, Denmark. Yeah, we can expect a Japan Denmark <laughs> final, and we can expect it to be, uh, uh, you know. John Stones taking home the golden boot right, exactly. and uh, the golden ball going to uh, Chicharito. That's my that's my new prediction for uh, for those scoring at home. I say he scores four against Brazil. But regardless of who you think is going to win, regardless of who you're looking forward to watching, watch the games. Get out to your local you don't bar. Need a team to support. You don't. It's just good fun regardless. Uh, I never watched Croatian national team play together until two and a half weeks ago in preparation for this World Cup. So if you uh, you don't have to have a team that you love, uh, hop on board. This is not a time for making fun of bandwagon jumping. This is the time to. Yeah, maybe you find a player you you'll end up loving. Maybe you support a team that's find got a guy that's play. left, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Get out to your local bar. We're at Melwood today. They'll have plenty of games on. You know you can catch them at Saints. You know you can catch them at Molly Malone's. Yep. You know you can catch them on your television at home. Watch the games. If you don't love it, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> yep. And if you have uh, got any questions, don't uh, hesitate. Reach out to us on. Um Scouts House um, webpage or on Facebook, or come Ask see us. Or yeah. come see us on Saturday yeah. at the at game. Scouts House, because uh, we'd be more than happy to answer your questions. And the other thing I want to do too is um, one of the great sources of uh, soccer information that um, everybody should be tuning into every Saturday morning is Soccer City, 7:90 a.m. and 9 a.m. 9 to 10. Myself and Lance Mazzari. Show. It's it's a Louisville City centric, but we certainly cover uh, we certainly cover the World Cup and you know sport at, on on the whole. Uh, give us a call. You know we love to have listeners call in tell us about you know your experience. You know if this is your first World Cup, you know what you like what you like what you've seen exciting things. Uh, give us a call. You know certainly ask ask me or, or Lance a question. We love and, to, and you know and, and that's what. Um, Scouts' house is about, and that's what um, Soccer City Radio is all about. There's no stupid question. If you don't know, ask the question because we'd be glad Absolutely. to answer it for you. No other way to learn it. Uh, Jonas, you got any parting shots for us? <laughs> so, so, Jonas, I've got a question for you. You're the, you are the, the newest member to the community, okay? Tell us how you found out about um, how big soccer was in this region. Well, first off, um, I was very thrilled to learn that in 2014, I think it was, uh, Louisville City um, FC was, was founded. And I was very, very thrilled because um, me being a native German, um, I miss soccer. And uh, yeah, I, I was happy to, to learn that there was a pro team now in town. And uh, also, I mean, they've uh, won uh, last year. and. Uh, 
they, they're getting their own stadium and uh, I'm just excited to see the growth of, uh, of soccer here here in Louisville so yeah I'm and excited. I think to watch I think everybody is uh, Lou City plays again Saturday at 730 here yeah. here at Slugger Field for uh, one of the last 40 or so, uh, 40 or so games before they move into their brand new stadium in 2020 yeah. <laughs> uh, which was uh, which had ground broken on it today I know uh, Kevin Scouse and myself all made it out to see the groundbreaking everybody's incredibly excited about the direction of soccer in this city but uh, it's not just about Louisville City it's not just about our supporters group it's not just about anything it's about growing this game uh, in this town whether you end up loving Lou City or you become a bizarre New York Red Bulls 2 fan uh, love this game that's all we can really say because and, it is something special to watch and I gotta say you know I I felt very comfortable the first time I went there like I mean I wasn't a city fan uh, in particular I just, just the first time I went there so I just uh, I just wore a jeans and t-shirt but I, I was thrilled to to see other people with all kinds of different jerseys supporting all Absolutely. kinds of different teams European teams uh, South American teams uh, you know, so it's it's for anybody uh, that's a soccer lover and uh, a sport yeah. lover. Yeah, yeah. Really, you, it's, it's, yeah. Come to a match, come up to Scouse, Evan. Anybody, anybody you see really is is going to be one of the nicest people you meet. It's a great community of fans around here. Uh, listen to any of the supporters' podcasts or the radio show. Um, we're all more than happy to get people involved in the sport. You know, you look around and everybody has a little bit of a different origin story about how they. Uh, became a soccer fan, but everybody in the end ends up loving the sport. So absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, um, the, the one really positive thing that's happened since um, Louisville City um, started playing back in 2014 is um, now instead of going into the doldrums um, when the European soccer finishes and the, right. the Champions League is over, and instead of sitting at home going, oh God, it's four months without football. What we're gonna do now? Get out and come and watch Louisville City play. Watch a full summer worth of championship so level we soccer. We have soccer all year round. And um, we encourage you all to enjoy it as much as possible. If you found this particular podcast tonight, enjoy the rest of the World Cup. And uh, if you wanted to scroll down on the webpage you happen to be on now, you'd be able to see the rest of the In the House podcast, which is hosted by some moron or other. And uh, you'll be able to uh, enjoy that uh, from time to time, along with Kevin's show, the Cooper's Great Barrel Proof Podcast, and uh, the Heretics do a great job putting on, I'm sorry, the Derby City Ultras do a great job putting on the final mm -hmm. judgment. So there's plenty of soccer content for you here locally to go along with all the national and international coverage that you could find. With that being said, I think that we've covered what we need to cover. Absolutely. Yep. Good night. Go City. Gentlemen, thank you very much, and go City. And England. <laughs> <laughs>